Where do you place your trust? So, so I know, thank you for saying yes in him. And it's super, and it's, yes, that's exactly the right answer. But it's, it's so easy to place your trust in the wrong spot. It is so easy to get used to placing your trust in something that's been steady for years or something that's been promised. And the text this morning, I'm sorry, I didn't do it with enough to stay for Marie. No, um, I was planning on talking about something else this morning, but as I'm sitting here thinking about where we place our trust in the text of Abram and Lot, just back from Egypt, where Pharaoh rebuked Abraham for treating him so badly. Let's read this. This is a, and I still love this little detail. This is on page 19. That's where we're at, uh, Genesis 13. Remember, the story goes like this Abraham, afraid for his life, but also in a famine, goes down to Egypt and says to his wife, Tell them you're my sister so they won't kill me. And so Pharaoh, thinking as, as a king of the ancient world might, that here's a prince of, here's somebody very wealthy and a prince of that nation, we could exchange things like this and create a truce between us by marriage. It's kind of how King David ends up with hundreds of wives. It's a bad plan, but it still works. I mean, it's the ancient world. And God brings um, a mini Exodus plague sort of thing on Pharaoh saying, and by the way, this is because you've taken somebody's wife in your, in your harem, and you shouldn't have. And so now we're in the next scene. So Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev, along with his wife, and Lot and all that they owned. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. From the Negev, they, they continued traveling by stages toward Bethel. And they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they came, where they had camped for. This was the same place where Abram had built an altar for to worship the Lord prior. So we're, in, we're back in the we're back in the promised land, and Abram had traveled the length of the promised land, and they're getting to this spot back in there where somewhere along the line, Abram built an altar or a memory stone, if you will. Here I will build my Ebenezer. And, and a memory stone because God had made a promise and he didn't want to forget. That's what memory stones are. Has God ever done anything in your life and you didn't want to forget that? You didn't, you didn't want to ever go back beyond that spot. You didn't want to back up, right? You're not, you're not like the semi-truck. 
right? No, uh, I know I got a promise in the application, but I want to move backwards. No, so he builds this memory stone and altar, and they come to this spot and they remember right, that God had promised the land. That's where we're at. Lot, who was traveling with Abraham, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and many tents. But the land did not support both Abram and Lot, with all the flocks and herds living so close together. Right? Overgrazing, all that stuff. So disputes started to break out amongst the herdmen, herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land. Um, this is fairly common in this, in this Middle Bronze Age. We don't know exactly what year we are, but we're probably early, early second millennium, about 1900 years before Christ. Right in that age. And there would have been lots of things. As a matter of fact, some, some people believe that Hebrew is a term that means traveling herdsman. And not from the, from the father ever that's in the earlier stages. But, but there's also some things that Hebrew might be a slur, meaning traveling herdsmen and um, warriors and plunderers and people that just come and spoil the land. And so I want you to hear that there's this sort of thing that Abraham in there, and they're in a fight. And finally, Abraham said in the midst of the fight, let's not allow this conflict to become to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we're relatives. This is, a, this is a pretty good plan, right? Sometimes there's fights you shouldn't have to be in. Right? There's, there's an avoidable fight. Why go down that road? The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. And if you want the land of the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you want the land on the right, then I'll take the land on the left. Now, remembering that God had promised all the land to Abraham. But he's not grasping at this moment. Now he's been corrected by Pharaoh. But he's still wealthy. Still has lots of things going on. Still no kids yet. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere like the Garden of the Lord. Or here's the signal, the red flag that you should be hearing. Or the beautiful land of Egypt. Do, do you understand why that's a red flag? Egypt, throughout the scriptures, not just Babylon, but Babylon and Egypt are, are places where God is not honored and the belief structures go wrong and, and the people continually either seek one or the other for help rather than trusting in the Lord. So I need you to hear this, that when you see this, it was like the garden or the beautiful land of Egypt, which they had just come out, right? There's no mistake here. They, they had just come there. They had just come from there. And he's looking at this thing. Where do you put your trust? So if you're Abram at this point, or Lot, where are you going to put your trust in the land? in the God who makes the promises. 
That's all I'm going to say. Do you understand the difference? God made, God promised the land. But do you trust the promise of the land or do you trust the promiser, the one who gave the land? It's a very distinct difference, isn't it? That sometimes we think Abraham's going to get some prom. Abraham later is going to get a name change and some other promises and a, and a family and all this stuff. But right now, he's got promises and no title to the land. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley east of them. And he went there with his flocks and servants, and they parted com company with his uncle Abram. So Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinning as the Lord. You be careful where you pitch your tent, don't you? How you set the foundations of where you are. Man, that looks like the perfect place. That place looks so nice. I'm going to go there. I know that the people aren't, aren't going to be nice there, but the land looks good. I'm reminded of this text. It's, a, it's Matthew 7. A wise man builds his house upon the rock, but a, but a foolish man builds his house upon the sand. And when, the, when he builds it on the sand, the storm will come up and blow it down and all that stuff. Now, this is something that's near and dear to my heart as I didn't know Karen was going to talk about the seasons to, today, but I, what did I say today, Paul? I'm a boy of the summer. I, I, winter is a long wait. Yeah, for me. But I'm I'm a boy of the sun from the desert, and I've seen lots of homes built on sand with cracked foundations, part of them sliding down the hill, and the other part not sliding down the hill. All this stuff. So this is the parable of building your house up on the sand is something that where I grew up, like you're so far away from bedrock, it's all sand. I mean, we're not talking about the blues where you have eight feet of topsoil, but you're talking about eight feet of nothing. Just blowing around. Where will you build your foundation? Just want to keep coming back to that thought. Where will you build your foundation? Will you build your foundation on the lush plains of the area you live in or on the Lord who's the rock? Now, I'm not just making this up. This is not just um, a solid foundation thing from Jesus in, in Matthew talking about building your house on a solid foundation. Psalm 40 verse 2 also says, here I am living in the muck and the mire. He will lift me out of the muck and mire and set my feet upon the rock. So it's not just a sandy thing. Some of you might be from places where they have some soil other than sand and it was just wet all the time. I, I think of driving through Clayton and that, that poor mobile home park right by the side of the road where there's always water, standing water. I mean, I, I know that the ground must be stable, but 
you know, there are no insects there, would you really want to build your foundation there? I just, this is just reality of how we build our foundations. Do you build your foundation on money or the Lord? Money or the Lord? The next season, because it's grassy there. How would we get for the Lord? It's going to get you through all these seasons. Here's the next story. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, and east and west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you as many descendants that, like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. And there he built another altar to the Lord. There he built another memory stone location. And there's been a new promise. God repacked his promise. God said, I've got you. And he doesn't want to go backwards. Now he's gone. Because he's human. But he doesn't want to. He's going to say, Here I'm going to build my enemies, or here I'm going to stand on the promise of the Lord. I know I don't own any of this land, but he's promised it, and I'm going to trust it. Where are you in your trust journey? I'm going to be very careful today to make sure I pronounce this Abram. Because he hasn't had his name changed yet. There's still other journeys in the Abraham story that are coming. But where are you in your faith journey? Where have you set your foundation? I, want, I just want to say just very carefully to you that you have heard me say that, that I have deeply loved being from the desert in the summer and all of that stuff. And there's one thing I truly love about here. Here, when you talk about wind, you're talking about 30 mile an hour wind. And I just really love that. Because when where I'm from, grew up, they didn't even notice 30 mile an hour. 85 mile an hour when the kids are still going out of business. If I set my foundation on where I'm from, then in some way I begin to deny the work of God to plant me where He wants me. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? I know it's a leap from the sermon about building your home on foundation and all that stuff. But if I build my foundation on only my past, by the way, that past does not earn destination as with the Lord. Because you can't earn that destination with the Lord. You can't earn that destiny, that home with the Lord. That's a gift of the future for you. 
So I invite you today to think about your foundation and where you set your heart. you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this morning, as we, as we as a faith community, think and pause and recollect where we've been, we don't throw that away because we know you've done work and we have memory stones there. But Lord, help us move forward in faith today. Help us set our sights and our hopes in you and not in what we can accomplish. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah.